0: Welcome to the Faith Broadcast. I'm so glad that you're watching today's message. I believe it'll be a blessing to you. I believe it'll encourage you, it'll strengthen you, and empower you to make Jesus famous in your everyday life. Enjoy today's message, and I'll see you at the end of the broadcast. We're continuing with our vision series, talking about how to walk into the future God has for us as individuals. Say individuals. As families. Say families. And as a church family. Say church family. All of those paths are important. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. We'll read it from the Amplified Classic Edition. You can see there in my notes as well. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, Amplified Classic Edition says, For we are God's own handiwork, His workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we may do those good works which God predestined planned beforehand for us, taking paths. Notice I'm not saying taking a path or even the path, but notice paths is plural. Taking paths which he prepared ahead of time that we should walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. God has good works that he has planned for us to do as individuals, families and as a church. There are paths that he has prepared for us as individuals, as families, and as a church. And I emphasize that there are paths because what would happen is if there was just one path for you and you did something stupid, you think it's over for me. Or you make up some strange, false, unbelieving doctrine and say, well, God only gives his toughest batters to his toughest soldiers. Or say something else, unbelieving, well, God did this to me to teach me something. If that was true, learn quick. But that's not true. How does God teach us? The Word. That's what Jesus said. If God's going to teach us something, if God's going to get on us, if God's going to correct us, if God's going to get on us, it's going to be through His Word, not through life, circumstances, situations, and trials. The trial did not come to make you strong. The trial came to take you out. But somehow in our... Christianity, we've began to glorify the trial instead of glorify the God who bring us through the trial. So sometimes there are some things you walk through that it wasn't God's plan nor will. It was your will. Well, oh, Pastor, I didn't want it to happen. Well, when you sow a seed, a harvest you'll receive. You know, we like to see those on blessings are coming today, but sometimes it's not blessings because you didn't sow for blessings. You sowed for something else and stuff showed up on your path. You made some bad decisions. And you think, well, I've done too many stupid things for God to use me or for the plan of God to come a pass." But no, because he's merciful, say merciful. Because he's good, say good. Because he's faithful, say faithful. You may not be on that main path. He may have to take you through some back roads some side roads, some roads like, whoo, how did I get here? But you'll get back to the main path he has for you if you stick with the Spirit of God. I don't care who you are, what you've done, you've not done anything that where God does not have a future for you. If there is breath in your lungs, God still has a plan for your life. If there is breath in your lungs, God still has a future for you. You may have done something stupid, but thank God for the blood of Jesus that washes away all of our sins. So don't count yourself out. There is still a path for you. Say, there is a path, a way, a road for me. He prepared that path for you. He prepared that road for you. He prepared that way for you. Go with me to Psalm 65, verse 11. There are paths prepared for us as individuals as families and as a church family and we must walk the path God has for us Psalm 65 verse 11 Psalm 65 verse 11 it says you crown the year with your goodness and your paths drop fatness That word "crown" means surround. So he surrounds the year with goodness. Your January through December is surrounded with goodness. So I don't know what 2022 is going to be like. Surrounded by goodness. That word goodness means prosperity, good things, property, supply, provision. Good in the widest sense of the word and good to the farthest extreme. I'll say it again. That word for goodness means prosperity good things, property, supply, provision, good in the widest sense of the word, and good to the farthest extreme. The New Living Translation says it this way, you crown the year with a bountiful harvest. Even the hard pathways overflow with abundance. Another translation says, what a rich harvest your goodness provides. Wherever you go, there is plenty. Your January through December is surrounded with harvest. It's God's job to surround the year with harvest. That means it's our job to surround the year with seed. I can't expect a year-long harvest if I never sow. What farmer would be any type of farmer worth his salt if he goes outside, goes, where's my harvest? Would you sow anything? Well, no. Did you water anything? No. Did you buy anything? No. So how are you going to have a harvest? There's no harvest if there's no seed sown. So if we expect year-long harvest, we got to be year-long sowers. Sowing has to be our habit. I remember right when March 2020 happened, the shutdown was happening, a whole lot of things were happening, no one knew what was going to happen. When we saw these things coming, I'd already made a decision, let me sow in advance because I'm not sure, but I know my seed will go into my future. See, you sow for your future before you ever get to your future. That's one of the ways of God. You sow. And then I was listening to a meeting, a meeting that does great, this ministry does great things all around the world. I was listening to the person who was speaking and my wife walked into the room and said, hey, did you sow in this meeting already? I said, yes. She's like, do it again. We need to sow again. Why? Because we're putting seed ahead of time. So just in case something pops off, there's a harvest waiting. And so that whole year there was harvest waiting. So around the year was seed. So your year is surrounded with harvest. It's God's job to surround the year with harvest. It's our job to surround the year with seed. Proverbs eleven twenty four 24 says, There is that scatters yet increases, and there is that withholds more than they should, but it tends to poverty. Galatians 6, 7 says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever man sows, that shall he also reap. So if you want your year surrounded with harvest, you need to surround your year with seed. Sowing and reaping, generosity is a way of God. If you want to walk into the future God has for you, you need to make sure you sow for your future. Psalm 65 verse 11 again. You crown the year with your goodness and your past drop fatness. Well, pause there because someone thought this. Well, What should I sow? What the Holy Ghost tells you to sow. I didn't tell you to sow $77.77. I did not say that. If you sow $77, $77, you're gonna break through it. And I didn't say that. I said, you need to sow what the Holy Ghost tells you to sow. If he tells you to give, you better be quick to give. And I said, well, I'll wait till the, you know, I'll wait till late, no. Cause do you want your harvest to wait and, w- wait and wait till later? No, you want your harvest now. So you sow quickly. You're quick to obey the promptings of the Holy Ghost to give whether it's on top of your tithes and offering, given to church or other organizations or ministries, or just being a blessing to somebody. Because sometimes we miss harvest because God tells us to bless somebody. So, well, God, they look good. Look at what they're wearing. Look at the car they're driving. They doing better than me. Well, God, why should I bless them? Stop asking God why and obey. because God's not trying to take something from you, he's trying to get something to you. But if you keep holding on what God says to let go, you'll keep holding on and lose what you get. But if you let go what God tells you to let go, you're walking abundance and prosperity. You have to sow, you have to be a blessing. Not just on Sundays, for those of you who do it on Sundays. Don't look at me like that. I know not everybody does that. I I know. I know. I know. But it's more than just Sunday. It's a lifestyle. You know, I've had the privilege to sit under some of the leading ministers of our day in previous decades. And people, you know, the news talks about how bad, how much money they got. And some of them do got a lot of money. They, They do. But they're some of the most generous people you ever meet. Dear God. Just paying off stuff. Like what is it like to call a ministry said, You're not allowed to pay for your travel, we're paying for it for the next several years. What is like what and it's not like a ministry that travels once a year, but it takes multiple travels every month to do it. What is that like? And so being around them and said, You just gave what away? I'm Lord, I don't even have that to give. But the way they did it is through their giving. And what people miss, and I'll say this, you no, know, they talk about it sometimes, but because I've been behind the scenes. I'll tell you how the harvest comes. It's not always somebody coming up and giving them something. It's them being at the right place at the right time, making the right investment, buying the right thing. The Lord told them to buy a piece of land that nobody else wants. And all of a sudden, that's where resources are. All of a sudden, something pops up. All of a sudden, somebody wants to build a mall there. That's how they prosper. Don't just look for your return to come through your paycheck or for it to come through somebody just walking up and giving you something. Sometimes your return comes through God ideas, concepts, and insights. Sometimes the harvest and return God has for you comes through opportunities. But sometimes we miss out on opportunities and harvest because they're dressed up and it looks like work. Oh God, I don't wanna do that. Can't my Bitcoin just go back up again? any of them jesus any of the digital coins about any of the crypto can it just go back up make you can make me rich overnight i know you can do it sure i'm sure that could happen i'm not saying not to invest in those things but i'm saying you need to follow the direction of the spirit of god so you're in the right place at the right time to reap your harvest and your harvest is there is because you sowed by the direction of the spirit and the spirit will teach you how to reap he will teach you how to prosper. Or as it said in Isaiah, He is the one who teaches you how to profit. And as you prosper, and as you profit, save some. See, most of you haven't got your refund checks yet, so let me put this out there. Do not be a refund check baller. I'm nowhere in my notes, but don't be a refund check baller walking around in a fur coat and a zebra in Georgia. What is going on? Just walking a zebra down the street. Stop. Save some. Mercy, pay awesome bills. Invest something. Be a blessing. Don't spend everything that comes into your hand. Some is for you to save. Some is for you to be a blessing. Some is for you to enjoy. Have the wisdom of God and the self-control to manage what comes into your hand. That's the way to prosper. This is what God wants you to do. The ways of God are not a get-rich-quick scheme. It's not a slot machine. Some of these manifestations take time, and you have to be willing to be consistent over a long period of time. The year surrounded with goodness. The year surrounded with harvest. Says your past dropped fatness. The word past means tracks other translations: says, the tracks made by your carts overflow with riches. Your wagon tracks overflow with abundance. Your footsteps drop prosperity behind them. Your carts overflow with abundance. It's painting a picture of a cart on a wagon overflowing, leaving abundance behind. So what is this picture saying? God left prosperity and abundance on the path he has called you to take. The path God has for you already has provision on it. The path God has for you already has abundance on it. You see, this word for drop paints the picture of droplets of water like dew. In certain conditions, fog or water vapor can leave water droplets. The fog of God has passed over your path, leaving droplets of abundance and prosperity. This wasn't a small amount of fog with a small amount of droplets, because this word wilderness means desert and uninhabited land your path is dripping with so much of God's abundance and makes the desert and the wilderness to produce. Because it says in verse 12, they drop upon the pastures of the wilderness and the little hills rejoice on every side. Go to Isaiah 51 verse 3. See, this path God has for you is important. And some of you wonder, to so why are you in this hoodie that looks like Boba Fett? So, One of my recent favorite TV shows is called Mandalorian. And so watching that, it's a, in the series, is a group of people, race of people who dressed up in armor like Boba Fett from Star Wars, and they had a particular creed they followed. And anytime they made a decision, and it was something they may not have wanted to do, but they did it because of what the creed said, they would say, this is the way. When they got together, they would say, this is the way. When they left each other, they said, this is the way. They lived a certain way because that was the way they were supposed to live. And if you want to experience what's on the path, if you want to experience what's on the best path, you have to be as committed and say, well, God wants me to do this. This is the way, if God wants me to forgive, this is the way, if God wants me to sell, this is the way, if God wants me to pray, this is the way, if God wants me to do this, this is the way. This is the path for you. This is the road for you. This is the way for you. Say, God has a path. God has a road. God has a way for me. We'll get in a little little bit today, but through Faith and mourning this week, we'll talk more about the ways God has for you to walk down the way. Isaiah 51 verse 3, see this way, this path is so powerful and has so much on it. It's not just about you and your family. Even though it has more than enough for you and your family and more than enough for your church family. Because some of you think about, you know, oh, I'm walking through this weird season. Like, why am I going through this wilderness? What, what, what has the purpose of me being in this season of my life? And, you know, don't come up with some squirrely doctrine. Well, God put in the season to teach me something. And stop. You might say, well, God's trying to bring something out of me in this season. Well, he is, but that's not the way you think. Because sometimes God will take you through places because it's not about you. He'll take you through a wilderness because there's somebody in the wilderness. He'll take you through the desert because there's somebody in the desert. And what's on your path is more than enough to sustain you in the wilderness— And more than that to sustain you in the desert. Isaiah 51 verse 3 says, For the Lord shall comfort Zion. He will comfort all her waste places. He will make her wilderness like Eden and her desert like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness shall be found there in thanksgiving and the voice of melody. See, what's on your path can transform the wilderness. What's on your path can transform the desert. It's time out looking to the government to change the wilderness and looking to the government to change the desert. It's time out outsourcing justice to the government. It's time out outsourcing reconciliation to the government. It's time out outsourcing fixing poverty to the government. What's on our path is enough to handle the challenges of our day. What's on our path is enough to take down the giants of our day. God has put what he needs in you and on your path to make a difference. So that those who are in the wilderness, those who are in the desert, their lives are transformed. And by the time you walk by, it's like they're living in the Garden of Eden. It's on your path. Say, it's on my path. Say, it's on my path. See, I was telling about, tell them this in Gwinnett this morning, how when we started the Marietta campus two years ago, we didn't know why the Holy Ghost wanted us to do it. We were just obeying what he wanted us to do. And the people, we began to reach there. Before we got there, their lives were like the wilderness. It was like the desert, but now it's like the Garden of Eden. I was talking to Minister Reggie, our campus director over there. He was talking to a specific couple about something that's happening in their life in less than a year. And they're just surprised at the goodness of God. And he said, I'm sorry that you're so blessed now. Their life has transformed. Because there's a group of people that begin to walk a path. And it began to change lives and families. Come on, one of the testimonies from one of the facilities we're meeting in, that because they're coming off, this group of people are coming off of hard drugs, and because of that, they weren't able to take care of their children. They weren't able to hold jobs. But this one group of over 20 women got together led by one of our members, and they prayed the prayer of faith together. They came into agreement together, and every single one of them has jobs and has their kids back, every single one, because it was enough on our path. It's enough on our path to ignite an awakening that impacts Georgia and influences the world through the power of the love of Jesus. It's enough on our path. It's not just about us. It's on our path. Say, it's on our path. It's on our path. I dare to believe, God, we can do something in this generation. I dare to believe, God, that we can also further reconciliation. I dare to believe, God, that we can change things that have been in this land for a long time. It's on our path. It's on our path. And this is the way God has for us to go forward. It's on our path. Who oh, Jesus is on our path. We have to walk this path together. Because together, we'll get it done. I remember about four or five years ago, I was coming to a point where I didn't make some decisions about how we're gonna move forward into the future as a ministry. And it just seemed really foggy. It wasn't getting anything. So I knew how that works. So let me take a few days off and let me just pray. So I took a few days off and I went to a place and I just walked for miles praying in the spirit. Day after day after day, hours upon hours and upon hours. And guess what God said? He only told me what to preach on Sunday. He said nothing else. He would talk to me about Sunday's message, but not what I took time away to pray about. It's like I'm praying hours and walking miles, hours, miles. Yeah, talk about this on Sunday. Sir, that's not what I'm asking about right now. So I come back to the office frustrated, being honest. I'm frustrated. I've prayed for days. I got nothing just what to preach about on Sunday, sir. (laughs) And I said, you know, I'm half frustrated having this conversation. So I said, let's put together this group. I don't know what to call it. Let's call it marketing. It's not about marketing. I don't know what to call it. Let's see. I want this person in the group, that person in the group, that person in the group. I don't know what they do professionally. Put them in the group. Ah, they tell me the truth. Put them in the group. I'm putting this group together, halfway not knowing what I'm doing. And I text somebody, and said, hey, I need somebody who does this professionally. They says, hey, that's what I do professionally. And guess what, you're in the group. <laughs> and as we began to meet as a group members here at Faith, discussing what God had put on my heart, I realized something. The answer what I was praying for wasn't in me, it was in them. That group is what I prayed out for over 72 hours. The answer I needed was in them. The help that I needed was in them. And for over two years, we began to work on things behind the scenes. So we got to the 25th anniversary and announced how we're moving into the future. And one of the people in that group told me, he said, for years, I thought what I learned in my career was for my profession. But I realized it was for my church. It was on his path. And so now that I've done this long enough, I'm praying about some answers. He don't tell me, I say, "Oh, it's in somebody. There's something else, something we're going to do, starting in 2023, 2024. And I'm praying about it. I knew just here, he's not going to tell me. But he told me who had the answer. So I said, "We're going to meet soon. The answer's in you, we got it. There's something else I'll announce to you next week, but it won't start for a couple years, something we're going to pray out first someone who I was talking to about it, and I told them, hey, we're gonna pray this out first. And they sent uh, my sister an email, they said, hey, I've been praying about this all month. This is what God told me about it. And they sent me an email, said, this is perfect, that's what we're going to do. The answer is not always just in me. If the answer only had to be in me, we in trouble. (laughs) Because if the Holy Ghost can only talk to me, I'm doing a poor sucky job as a pastor. Where my leadership style is concerned, I believe in the Holy Ghost in me, and I believe in the Holy Ghost in you. Amen. And as we come together, we'll ignite an awakening that impacts Georgia and influences the world through the power of the love of Jesus. God has put something in you that is beyond just for you and your family. It's called a supply. Ephesians 4 says, With every joint supplies, when our supply comes together, the body grows. There's a supply in you, a spiritual substance in you, an experience in you, a training in you that you thought, oh, it's just for a random part of my life. But as we come together, you realize it was for my church. It was for the sake of the vision. It's for the sake of the path we're supposed to walk together. There's a supply in you. There's an anointing in you. There's a gifting in you. That's more than just for you and your family, but it's for everybody coming together. Because when we come together, it forms what we call the corporate anointing. And God can do wonderful things among us. It's all of us coming together. The answer, the supply, is in all of us. How we move forward is in all of us. It's not just if I had the word for the day. It's not just a minister's day to hit that note for the day. It's not just if other people did what they did. It's all of us. When we all come together, the body grows. When we all get on the same page, the vision goes forward. When we all get on the same page, wildernesses and deserts begin to look like the Garden of Eden. When we all come together, lives are transformed forever. Hard cases. People say, oh, there's no way they're going to get saved. All of a sudden, they come in and get saved. They say, hey, yeah, guess what? I went to church today. I got saved, and I can talk in this weird language. How? We came together. A people dedicated to the vision, to ignite an awakening that impacts Georgia and influences the world through the power of the love of Jesus. It's us coming together. It's all of us together, not as individuals, but as a faith family. Say this is the way. The way is all of us together. Whether you've been saved five days, 55 years, it's all of us together. Whether you five or 95, it's all of us together. Whether you serve in the parking lot, whether you serve in Kids World, whether you're on the prayer team, or you serve in Zest, you serve online, or you serve in on one of the campuses, it's all of us together. That's how we get things done. It's all of us together moving forward. All of us. This faith family. You might say, Well, I don't have anything to offer. Stop saying that. You got something to offer. And sometimes you don't think you have anything to offer because you've never put yourself in a position to offer it. You can say, Well, I don't know what I bring to the table, but I help any way possible. And what happens, you'll see things come out of you that you never knew were there. And that you realize years ago, God put it in you for this moment, for this time. It's all of us together. See, our vision statement, as you hear me say all the time, is to ignite an awakening that impacts Georgia and influences the world through the power of the love of Jesus. But the mission statement is how we get it done. The mission statement is to create an environment where anyone can experience the love of God, understand his word, and become a part of a family who radically impacts our communities in the world. Our mission statement is what we do consistently. Because you can only create an environment if you do something consistently. Consistently. An environment is created by consistency. The environment you're feeling right now in this house is created because there's a group called Team Faith that came together and did what it took to get us to this point of this experience. And they do it consistently. So whether they serve as an usher or host or hospitality, they got a supply. Whether in the parking lot or kids' were or youth, they got a supply. Whether they're in media or sound, their prayer text, they got a supply. Whether they're serving online or serving at the altar kill, they got a supply. Whether they're serving on Zest or serving on one of our campus today, they got a supply. And it's when that supply comes together, we can do more. When people step up and serve, we can do more. You know, if everybody in this congregation served, people wouldn't have to serve every week. If everybody. There's enough people in this congregation. If we all got together and served, everyone wouldn't have to serve every week. We have more than enough to do that. And whether you're serving in person or online, there is a spot for you. There is a place for you. So I'm too old, no, you ain't. I'm too young, no, you're not. See, one of the things when it comes to serving at church, I never asked someone to do something I wasn't willing to do myself or already did myself. I started serving at church when I was seven. Seven. You know why? We didn't have enough people. And so I went early with my dad and me and my cousin, Minister Angelo, who's on staff at Word of Faith in Southfield, he was six. And so we served together. We set up Kids World. We've been serving God ever since. And over the years, I literally served in every single department I was allowed to serve because of my age. I've done everything from vacuum sanctuaries to clean up toilets to whatever. I've done it. I've been in parking lots at 100 plus degrees in parking lots at zero degrees wondering who sinned for it to be this cold <laughs> so what governor must repent it is way too cold to be out here and so I never ask somebody to do something that I haven't done myself or be willing to do myself or I'm still willing to do myself some stuff I try to do when team faith makes me go somewhere else I go pray pastor we got this But the only way we can do what we do is because everybody steps up and serves. And so if you're not serving or you took a break from serving Macaulay, back to serving. Because all of our teams need reinforcements. We always need reinforcements, but we especially need it now. But also, some of you, I want you to help at the different campuses to reinforce what we have going there, especially what we're doing in Gwinnett. To reinforce what we're doing there, we're about to start a major push in Gwinnett to reach over there what God has called us to reach. But we only can do it effectively if we all come together. It's all of us, say all of us. all of us. So, this is the way we do it. We create an environment. Come on, all of us say we create an environment where anyone can experience the love of God, understand His word, and become part of a family who radically impacts our communities. And the world. its all of us coming together. Because as you heard me share in the announcement video for the offering and then last week, what you're giving does every week affects lives all throughout this community and the world. All the time. All the time. You're a bigger blessing than you've ever realized. One of the things I began to share in my first year pastoring here that we're gonna get to a place that before natural disasters happen, we've already been a blessing to the organization. So before the government can respond, that organization's already there to handle the business. That's what we're moving to. That's how we be a blessing. But our supply is more than our financial contribution. The financial contribution is important, but our prayer life has to be important. We must pray. We can't do all this without prayer and being people of prayer, as Herbert mentioned earlier, but also all of us coming together and serving and all of us being a part of what God is doing. We all have a part. We all have a place. We all have an assignment. We all have an anointing. We all have a gifting. And we must come together and offer our supply. All of us. Even you who just joined last week, all of us. Those of you about to join today, all of us. Well, how do you know I'm about to join today? I just said those of you about to join today, all of us. Our supply can change this area. Our supply can make a difference. There's some things I'll tell you next week. We all gather here about some things we're going to do that, you know, I've done some some prep groundwork for. And I told a few leaders in the community, and they looked at me and said, Carrick, if you do that, do you know how there's going to be no more room? I said, Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. They said, Don't announce it big. But you know, now it's a big anyways. But the way we'll actually be able to do it, cause I'm not, I'm not starting it this year. We're gonna start praying about it this year, surely. I'll tell you more about it next week. But it's something that this generation needs. And when I say generation, I'm just talking about the young people, talking about all of us. From the youngest baby crying in the nursery to the senior of the seniors. It's something this generation, all those walking the planet need at this time. There are things I've researched about how could we have a campus in the metaverse? I know how to do it. I just need people to help me do it. Someone asked me, well, would you do specialized groups for new parents and single parents? Sure, I just need people to help me run them. Well, what about this? Sure, I just need people to help me do it. This is the way we get it done by all of us coming together by not having 20% of the congregation serve, but having everybody serve. So a pastor I only can serve every six weeks, that's great. Well, once a quarter, hey, that's something. It's all of us coming together. You have something to offer. And for all of you who are sitting on the sidelines because you did something stupid, we've all done something stupid, repent, get back on the path, and come on. So oh, I'm sitting myself down. Nope, 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 stand yourself back up. Because unless God sat you down, stand back up. We're coming together. Because you could be procrastinating your deliverance and your healing by setting yourself on the sidelines, keeping yourself away from everybody. Stop delaying your deliverance. Come back home. Stop delaying what God has for you and putting yourself, isolating yourself. Satan loves lone wolves because he can snipe them out. Get involved with your family. How can somebody know you're going through some if you don't tell them? Why well, go through a lot. Well, yeah, you probably do. But hey, we're here. It's all of us together, bringing our supplies together. I'm so looking forward to sharing some of the big things we're going to start doing. I'm going to share some of you the next week. We're already doing a lot, but we got more that we're going to do. And as we come together next week and have communion together and celebrate baptism Sunday, I want to begin to put the capstone on this vision series, but it'll only be as effective as all of us coming together. Amen. I believe today's message encourages encourage you, It strengthen you, it's helping you to live the lifestyle of faith. If you're ever in the Metro Atlanta area, we love for you to worship with us in person. You can find information about our different locations at FCCGA.com. Also, we have so many different ways where you can get the word. You can download our Faith Plus app. You could also visit us on our social media pages on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook, on YouTube. we love for you to connect with us. We also have a podcast on Apple Podcasts as well well as on Spotify. We have two. One is called the Faith Podcast, and then we have our daily devotional podcast, which is called Faith in the Morning. I look forward to seeing you out on many different social media platforms and in person at Faith Christian Center. Thank you so much for tuning in. And remember, something good is going to happen to you today, so expect miracles. God bless.